Welcome to Life Off Screen with Dan and Peggy Rupel. Thank you for joining us. If you're enjoying this podcast, do us a favor and subscribe to the show and give us a rating. Life Off Screen is produced by Master Media International. And to find out more about Master Media or the Life Off Screen podcast, visit us at lifeoffscreen.com. And now here's Dan and Peggy. Hello and welcome once again to Life Off Screen. I'm Dan Rupel. I'm here with my wife, Peggy. And uh, we want to thank you for, uh, for being such faithful viewers yes. and watching each and every show. We appreciate that. We want to encourage you to subscribe at mastermedia.com. Uh, Master Media is the ministry that I, I head up. It's an outreach to the uh, mainstream media. And uh, a lot of good uh, good things there you'll be able to find and discover about the the. Uh, the organization that I run. Who's our guest today? Super excited because we have Larry Myers. He's a musician and actress, Nancy Stafford. You will know her when you see her beautiful face, which has not aged. No, I'm not at telling all. you. Uh, but she is beautiful inside and out. Nancy Stafford is well known to most of you. Andy Griffith's law partner in Matlock. She did that show for five years and uh, she's done three years on the Emmy Award winning show St. Elsewhere, a favorite of ours. Mm, Sidekicks, that. Doctors, Scandal, a bunch of them. So, and she's also been an actress in numerous films now and she's putting her toe in the directorial waters as well. That's right. And her husband, Larry Myers, is a true hybrid. As Peggy mm -hmm. mentioned, he's a musician and he's performed with some of the, the top names, uh, including Bob Dylan and uh, T-Bone Burnett. Yes. Uh, you know, people who are members of the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame or the Gospel Music Association mm -hmm. Hall of Fame. Uh, he's worked with some just top-notch musicians. He's also a worship leader, but he's also a pastor. He does it all. And uh, he's pastored for many, many years here in Southern California. So you're going to find out a lot about that. So let's just jump right in. Let's do it. Okay. We hope you enjoy this episode of Life Off Screen. Welcome, Larry and Nancy. Hey. Hey, Dan and Peggy. Yeah. We love you guys. Oh, wow. it's, so good. it's so good to see you. Thank you. Yeah, I haven't seen you for, for a while, mostly because of uh, COVID. Yeah. But, How are, you um, are you okay with it all? We're yeah, hanging in there. We are. We came up with this crazy idea. Let's do a show. Let's do a show. Come on, Mickey. Come on, Dorothy. It's a Ready? good idea. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's not so much we want to do a show. We just wanted to talk to people like you. Yeah. Because you know? yes. we know if we called you out this straight, you know, you might go, oh, yeah, really. <laughs> no, we do. We do love the fact that we've been able to intersect with you, Nancy, multiple times last year. Just different conferences. It seemed like everywhere things. we went, we would run into it you. Like I loved it. I yeah. love it. But I love Larry, that. We, don't, we don't get to see you as often, but we realize we have hometown roots. We do. Downey, California. You, it's amazing how many people have actually come out of Downey, California. People that That's we right. in common. Mm -hmm. That's right. Now we went to rival high schools. Yes. Yes, I think we usually beat you guys. No, you didn't. <laughs> <laughs> Depending the years. Yeah. Warren High School. Yeah, I went to Warren High. Downey. Downey High. I discovered <laughs> not too long ago that Weird Al Yankovic went to Downey High School. Right. And uh, didn't oh. one of Metallica? I, I think so. I, I think so. And of Man. course, the Carpenters went to... Carpenters. Uh, uh, Richard was in my class. Was he? Well, I uh, wanted to bring up that you guys have been married for 31 years. Yes. Remarkable. Since 1989, correct? Right? Yeah. And so... Um, and we're still when, married. <laughs> and you're still married. Madeline Love. Um, so, but when you got together, it's interesting because you really were established in your life and career, right? Especially for you, Nancy, as well. Mm -hmm. So I, I want to ask is, 
tell me about the magic that happened that day when somebody special um, walks up to you while you're on the treadmill reading a book at the gym. Would you like what to tell the story, Larry, or shall I? Yeah, the, the, the magic actually happened a couple of months before then. Oh. We were both living in Marina Del Rey. We had never seen each other or obviously met each other. And I, I was at a cafe that I went to every morning. I was living on a boat. Mm -hmm. And I was familiar with the regulars that came in and out of that place. I, had, I never approached anybody or introduced myself to anybody, but I was kind of familiar with faces. Mm -hmm. This particular day, I saw this woman, and I was kind of rocked back onto my heels, and I thought, holy mm -hmm. smokes, I've never seen her here before. I may never see her again. I'm going to have to do something. I've got to <laughs> meet her somehow. Lord, what am I going to say? How do I do this? My heart was started to pound. Uh, and, uh, the only thing I could come up with is, and it was a, tr it was a true thought. That I, and I actually went up to her and I said, if I were to see you were at a party someplace, I would really want to meet you. Uh, so she <laughs> said, well, it worked. my name is Nancy and I, I'm Larry. We barely even, I don't even know if we, gave each other last names. Can I tell the story yeah. of the treadmill? Yeah. <laughs> I'm all, so we'd seen each other several times and each time, hello, how are you? And that's it, you know, we hadn't imagined that the other could be a believer. So we both were attracted, but we were thinking arm's length, arm's length. So I'm on the treadmill and I am just sweaty and nasty and reading my Christian psychology book, you know, I'm just focused and out burst the door of the aerobics class and 25 girls and Larry Myers. <laughs> he knew what class to take. <laughs> and uh, They're all going, bye, Larry, Larry, bye, bye, Larry. And I look up, Larry, who's this? And it's him. Head to toe, spandex. Oh, oh wow. wow. You got to get pictures. You can't stop saying that. that. Oh, yeah. <laughs> halala, halala, halala. Yeah. <laughs> but I'll tell you, he looked good. Oh. So he spots me across the room and he darts over and he strikes up a conversation. And I'm just, uh, I'm thinking, this guy's trouble. I am so not interested. All these girls. So he glances down and he says, So, um, he said, You're reading Jay Adams? And I said, how do you know who Jay Adams is? He's a Christian psychologist. And he goes, mm -hmm. well, are you a believer? And I mm -hmm. said, I am. Are you? And he said, I'm a pastor. And I look him up and down in his spandex. And I'm thinking, yeah, right. are you pastor? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I want to go to that church. Yeah. I thought. Yeah. Oh, that's funny. Uh, yeah. It turns out that uh, he was pastoring actually at... Um, the very church that I only knew one person who lived in Palos Verdes and it happened to be the pastor of that church. I said, it's so funny. I know one guy. Do you happen to know him? And he goes, yeah, he's my boss. Wow. That's uh, great. Larry, you were, um, you're not only a pastor, you're, you're a musician and you were involved in the early days of Christian music, uh, mm -hmm. right in the kind of the heels of the Jesus people movement. And you were working with a lot of the seminal bands and stuff. Did you kind of, feel at the time you were inventing something new and fresh or was it just kind of following what you do? We were just kind of following what we do. I don't know that anybody had 
had the thought that they were creating something new. Although we were, I had been around church since I was about 10 years old. But, but really when I started high school at, at, at a church in Downey, as a matter of fact. Mm-hmm. And um, so at that church, we were used to doing the traditional music, traditional hymns, so that when this new music began to appear, especially through Love Song and those, uh, mm-hmm. those first contemporary Christian rock bands, yeah. Uh, really caught my attention. And I went over to hear Love Song, and I was so impacted by that music and by the spirit of worship mm-hmm. that was in that room, big, big auditorium. Yeah. And I went back, uh, and I really felt then that I, I wanted to get involved mm-hmm. yeah. with this music because it was impacting me so much. So I made a bunch of connections, and one of them was with Chuck Gerard. Mm-hmm. And we, we met one afternoon for, oh, I don't know, two or three hours, just kind of talking about, hey, what do you do? How do you get involved with this music? And he, he said, well, let's go play a little music. Let's jam a little bit. Okay, great. And I, I really held him in very high esteem yes. as a songwriter, as a singer. And after a while, he said, well, I don't know if you realize this, but Love Song had disbanded several months before, and I did not know that. Mm-hmm. He said, I'm actually in the process of putting a new band together. I would like you to join my band. And I was floored. I was bowled over. And uh, I I hardly knew what to say, except, man, I would love to do that. And then Ken Gullickson had started a Bible study at Chuck's house and at Larry Norman's house. I I didn't know anything about any of this. Didn't know anything about Ken Gullickson or... And so Chuck said, hey, you, just, you should come to this Bible study at my house on Wednesday night. I thought, okay, I'd love to. Went to that, went to that Bible study, and there was an immediate connection with Ken. That was like in July of the summer of 75. By September, Ken invited me to join his new staff that he was just forming for this church that was really exploding. And it was in that context of that church that were so many Mm-hmm. Uh, musicians that were young, right. Keith Green and Melody, Debbie Boone and Gobbery, her future husband, yeah. Terry Botwick, who you probably right. know, oh, yes. Wendell yes. Burton, Jamie Owens, Marty, uh, Marty Getz. I mean, it was just a yeah. huge group. Didn't Bob Dylan start coming Bob Dylan, that was a couple of years later. That mm-hmm. was in the fall of 78. Mm-hmm. Uh, that he, his girlfriend actually came to the church. In the spring of 1979, we had another school of discipleship. All those people that I just mentioned were part of a school of discipleship we had mm-hmm. in the fall and spring of 79, early 76. So Bob came and uh, with Mary Alice, his girlfriend, to the school of discipleship. Four hours a day, five days a week. Wow. And faithfully. And we covered pretty much all of scripture, a good survey of scripture, uh, and a lot of other subjects. And unbeknownst to us, through that, through those months, he was beginning to write. Mm-hmm. Slow train coming, right? First record, slow train coming, yeah. which was mm-hmm. just amazing. Those first four records. Yes. Oh, we have them. Amazing records. 
<laughs> the irony is here you're talking about love song quitting. Uh, Tommy Coombs, part of Love Song, then was moving into producing and became the producer of Isaac Air Freight's first yeah, album in '78. I didn't know that. Yeah. yeah. In <laughs> fact, in fact, Tommy, I really credit him with teaching me how to produce because he produced our first record. I really watched him, and then I produced all the rest. Wow. But then those same skills you can apply to television. So you know, mm -hmm. I was TV producer for numerous years. <laughs> That's all right. so great. I want to go for you, Nancy, to go yeah. back in time for you. I, I love your books. And in one of your books, you mentioned the um, beauty by the book. Um, you mentioned that inner beauty, knowing who you really are, is really the message that's closest to your heart for women, uh, for everyone. But I think that people would be surprised to um, hear you write about yourself. And can I quote you? It's just yeah. a... It was so moving. It, I had tears in my eyes after this, but this is who you were growing up. You said that you were the tallest in your class by head and shoulder. I was gangly, gawky, unattractive kid. I had Casper white skin with freckles galore, buck teeth, and glasses as thick as Coke bottles. My scraggly, wispy uh, pigtails uh, started off on the right spot when I left for school, but somehow always wound up front to back. Cyclops style, oh, <laughs> by the end of the day, you get the idea. And then you go on to talk about the cruelty of your classmates' words to you. And then mm -hmm. even though you were raised in this loving and godly home, I mean, they were speaking to you to the contrary. Still this thing marked you. And the question being, you know, um, where did that image of yourself take you at that time? You know, um, it's, well, thank you for... Um, referencing that and for talking about it. Um, you know, it's funny. I'm extremely sensitive. Things that would not have bothered a more um, strong, emotionally strong young woman wouldn't have, it would have rolled right off of her back. But God made me sensitive. And it wasn't until I got into adulthood that I understood the gift of sensitivity. <laughs> mm. It also means empathy and deep compassion. And, but mm. along with it comes sometimes growing into that aspect of your personality and gifting comes some pain. I had a fabulous family who never, ever, ever made me feel like I wasn't beautiful on the inside. But I was just an easy target. You know, and I think bullying these days is a big topic again, but mm -hmm. we've all experienced people that just weren't kind. Mm -hmm. And I was an easy target. And mm -hmm. those things went into my heart. And so I had deep feelings of unworthiness and inadequacy and um, uh, just really, really wrestled with worthlessness growing up. So the fact that then years later, God has me on this road where, then suddenly I got into this industry and uh, starting as a model and all that is just the farthest thing from my mind, which again is how God loves to work. He takes yes. the most unpredictable, unlikely of us who are the most broken in an area. Yes. He uses us. Yes. And so I have a real heart for women who struggle, not just about appearance, but about what we do and are we enough and are we successful enough? Am I doing enough? Men who base their identities on what they do for a living and how yes. successful they are. But when the Lord really, years after I came back to the Lord, but 
he began to heal that brokenness in me Mm -hmm. as I began to see in scripture the truth of who he says we are. Yes. And it's the truth of those powerful words of you are my elect, you're my chosen, you're the head, you're not the tail, you're above only, you are not beneath, I love you with an everlasting love. Suddenly, as those began to be very intentionally ingested into me, mm-hmm. um, they began to drive out the lies and mm-hmm. silence them. And I, I get tools to be yes. So now my favorite thing in the world is to get to go talk to women in particular and girls, but Mm -hmm. mixed audiences too, about just affirming who they are. Because in a culture like ours, especially this industry that we're all in, um, it's all about externals. So Yes, it is. And I I look at your journey um, and see here you are, you go off to University of Florida, mm-hmm. right? And ma- majoring in journalism. Isn't that something too? Because you say how, how God shapes you because that is in front of the camera or wherever, different things. So God's doing these little deposits, you know, stretching you, stretching you. you. And then you have family and friends encourage you to join a beauty pageant. And you, I know. And oh, you beca- and do something. Oh, but that was scary. Contrary to even what, this internal angst and you step into it and become Miss Florida, right? And um, so I, I also love the fact that, so you're, you're getting a little bit more confidence moving in your career and then out of nowhere you get skin cancer. Yeah. You go see a doctor who then gives you this word that basically says, you better think about it and prepare yourself for another career because we don't know, you don't know what's going to happen after you come out from anesthesia. Yeah. It was a severe one, yeah. Yeah. And on my face. I mean, here I am, 24 years old. It's like, this is my work. And it goes back to what you were saying, Nancy. You know, uh, the gift of empathy and sensitivity, those are are tools in our toolbox that God gives us for your craft. Mm-hmm. That you know, empathy oh, and sensitivity yeah. makes you a much better enriched actress. Yeah. But also, is your life in as a Christian? Yeah, you know, to have that empathy and sensitivity to others in because we world. have a tendency, especially in this business, of being so self focused. Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh, it's about me. I know. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I yeah. know. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Really true. I I want to get back to to you, Larry. Um, you're you're very similar to me in the duality of your passions and calling. Yes. Uh, with you, it's music and ministry. With me, it was always the entertainment industry and ministry, which I'm very fortunate with Master mm-hmm. Media to be able to do both and integrate them right now. Mm-hmm. But you took those two passions and, and callings to merge them together in being a voice of ministry and encouragement to musicians. I'm grateful for people like you, though, because I find in churches that a lot of pastors who don't have any kind of arts background, um, when they get an artist, be it musician, a writer, actor, whatever they might be, they don't always really know how to counsel them in the specific journey that it takes to be in our business. Throughout Scripture, the arts are are elevated to in, intrinsically important in the mm-hmm. life of the people of God. Mm-hmm. And, and for art, a lot of artists come from, I, I think, a place of, of not feeling appreciated. Not, they come from, a lot of people come from broken 
backgrounds, broken homes, all that sort of thing. And they, they often feel undervalued. So it's how to show them that God highly values them. God yes. gave them these gifts, gave us these gifts uh, to enhance and benefit his kingdom as, as an expression and in a kind of the highest form of bringing glory to God, if you will. God uses the artistic voice in the kingdom uh, as a prophetic voice mm -hmm. to the culture. Yes. And I believe it's also serves as a kind of a voice of correction to the body of Christ. Because sometimes the body of Christ will sometimes sway a little bit to one, to, to one side. Yes. And time and time again, I've heard the, I've seen the Lord use artists <laughs> to kind of get it. And certainly Keith Green. Yeah. Because we, we, we did a lot of concerts with Keith, so we knew him well also. But he, they would use that radical voice of an artist to get the body of Christ to kind of recalibrate. And an artist can come along and take that same truth mm. and talk about it in words that you've, you're, you're not used to hearing. Yeah. I mean, that was one of the brilliant contributions of Bob Dylan in some of those songs. Yes. Uh, same with C.S. Lewis and Tolkien and those, those great writers. Those are just two of many, many writers. But they'll take a common idea and restate it in, in words and vocabulary that are, are different and really captures your attention. Yeah. Very refreshing. I have wrestled with my own emotions over the years, kind of, kind of subdued emotions, uh, and it's it's the music that has stirred my soul, stirred my heart uh, so much to draw me into worship and to give me an, a kind of an emotional connection with the Lord that I sometimes don't. I'm not able to experience in other well, ways. Um, I love that with musicians, there's this, you know, whether it be that angst that you start with, you know, and they've that, that longing to express themselves in a voice that may be different and what it takes to push through the, the, the highs and lows in insecurity mm -hmm. and statements yeah. of the industry. But likewise, even with actors, um, you've never seen have to deal with such a, a, a people who, who uh, it's a broken place sometimes that they, they find themselves in, that they're stepping beyond. All of a sudden there's a freedom with a role, a freedom being outside myself in the, a land of pretend where I can move forward um, in a way that I, you know, people are always so surprised that even, you know, with our working with so many comedians, how they tend to be introspective mm -hmm. and they tend to be often. And very shy, shy and very, very shy, shy. Yeah. and I think that's where you're. Uh, you have a huge ministry with. Um, and I will plug both your books. <laughs> We're gonna put them up so people can see them, uh, because I think you uniquely speak to the um, spirit of rejection um, that actors and actresses have to deal with all the time mm -hmm. uh, by the fact of just owning their identity, who God says they are. That's right. And yeah. you guys are the same way. I mean, with Master Media, I hope all of your constituents out there that you're ministering to, I hope they really can appreciate and understand the great gift you two are. Because rather than just being people who come only out of the church world or only out of the business world, 
you have a unique ability to be as artists yourselves and as people from the industry in ministry, mm -hmm. you get it and you are able to talk to them in ways that relate to them. They, you understand their business and their struggles and their mm -hmm. challenges and the things they go through. You can speak their language. But yeah. then you can also infuse hope into them, which is yes. what uh, I love thank about you. Master Media. Oh, uh, you're very kind. Thank you, Matt. You're very thank kind. You. Mm -hmm. yeah. It is a, a beautiful on-ramp. Um, you know, these things that we get to experience. Uh, sometimes Dan and I laugh and we think we've lived about four different lives. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yes, don't you? Don't oh you? Oh, yeah. 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 You've Speaking so of that, can I go back to that? Um, after being on daytime serials, I mean, you were at the, the doctors and other things, St. Elsewhere. So you've had a lot of, you know. Which uh, I love that show. Thank you. I loved it too. Yes. Three of the oh. three years. Such an honor. It was my first primetime series. So yeah. And starring role, you were lead. I yeah. mean, you're remarkable. Yeah. And um, opposite Andy Griffith and Ma Matlock. No. Oh, huge as that. So I remember you telling me a story about how um, Andy sometimes would cajole you to go call Larry, oh. bring his mandolin in, <laughs> and they would have a hoot nanny, right? Yeah. In between takes. Andy loved Larry. I mean, what's not to love about Larry? What's right, not to love go. about Larry? <laughs> <laughs> but he loved, he had a real tender spot in his heart for Larry. Mm -hmm. and, um, love that. Especially if there was a day, and you know, a guy like him who carries an, a show. I was, yes. Uh, he's in 98% of the scenes. And it's a big load to carry. And on the days that weren't quite so heavy for him, he would sidle up to me in the, in the side wings and he'd go, Call Larry, tell him to bring down his mandolin. And so we would, <laughs> and the guys would just jam in the, it was really fun. And then sometimes when Don Knotts would come. Oh, oh gosh, forget the, it. Three of them would sing. And then the people from the Black Tower, we were Universal Studios, and all the guys from the Black Tower and all the surrounding stages, you know, we had Quantum Leap over here and all these other shows, and all these people would come into the set and they'd hide in the shadows listening. <laughs> to the guys. How fun. Well, Nancy, you mentioned that he was this, um, you know, exceptional carrying the show as he did. I remember you telling me about there be courtroom scenes oh. that he would just depth and breath. He would just go so long. And, and, that, and that's not easy dialogue to remember. Oh my gosh. Every week of those who remember Matlock, Matlock was like a legal show. So every week there was the whole courtroom scene which took three days for us to shoot on stage. Wow. And his summation speech, which is the longest, is like yes. a page scene. He would memorize it. He always told me he memorized it as a monologue so that he didn't worry about somebody giving him a cue. He just went. And he would stand up to do this. And with different names of witnesses and jurors and everything else, every week, different names, he would nail it in one take, 99% oh, of the time. So it was another time where, when they called cut, standing ovation. Actors, crew, everybody whistling. I mean, it yeah. was, he was a master. It was a master class. Yeah. You know, the fact that he could just weave a story and, and just put so much life into it, because I know, you know, I started in acting and, you know, dialogue is, I won't say it's easy, but it's easier to memorize because it's a give and take. It's a volley. It's like a tennis match, you know, back and forth. So you, it makes sense to memorize it. But uh, there's nothing harder than a monologue because yeah. it's all you. 
And you're right. It was his storytelling. He created a wonderfully woven story that he would tell. And he always, yeah. he always got his guy because he never lost the case. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> never That's lost right. the case. You, you're both involved in so many different things. Ministries, uh, book, author, uh, music, speaker, music, teacher. pastoring, <laughs> acting. Um, Amazing. How do these all kind of inform one another? or enrich one another, to have your, your hand in so many different various areas? The stuff I do with, the, with most of the ministry is with the worship leaders and the musicians, and mostly mm -hmm. just coming alongside them to encourage them, to, uh, to bless them, and all of that sort of thing. I mean, I'm one of the, one, seems like I'm one of the few older guys that's still allowed on stage these days. Mm -hmm. Ah, they let you. <laughs> so I, I appreciate that. Uh, I think it's encouraging to a lot of the younger musicians to have an older guy that's mm -hmm. really been, been around for a long time, has experienced a lot of the stuff, who's still doing it, still mm -hmm. active, still creative, uh, still in love with Jesus, yeah. loves mm -hmm. worshiping him. Uh, and then that really dovetails with all the stuff Nancy does. And so to have people that have been around for a long time and understand all of that. And have walked through those. Challenges. And experienced it ourselves. We can, you know, we can really offer some, I think some helpful. Yeah. Yes. You know, um, I find that to be true too. You're, you're mentioning they let you on the stage, you know, as an older person. Um, you know, we were both born and raised, we referenced Downey, uh, in, the L in L.A. County. And then about 15 years ago, we moved down here to South Orange County to help plant a church. Right. And it was a very young church. And we really, to, to your point, Larry, we thought they're not going to want to talk to us. You know, they think they have life figured out and we're just these old guys, you know, sitting in the back. But it couldn't be have been more opposite. We mm -hmm. found none of them were really married at that time or few of them were. So they were asking us about dating. How do you date? How do you know this girl's the one, this guy's the one. And then they started asking about, okay, now we're married. How do you do marriage? Then they started asking about, we just had a kid. How do you raise a kid? And it was wonderful because they came out of the woodwork saying, will you go to Starbucks with us? <laughs> so I, I see in this generation, they really want to tap into the lessons learned from the older generation. Yeah. And that's wonderful. That's wonderful. And it is wonderful. they all need mamas and papas, you know, yeah. whether they're, yes. and so many here in Southern California are displaced from another part of the yes. country. They've come here mm -hmm. to pursue. Very good point. Fast forward at the same church 15 years later, and Dan and I are doing uh, pastorally over the elders. And this group, most of them were a little bit older than us, but most of them were feeling as if the best days were a behind them. Were behind behind them. them. Yes. To yeah. commission them with this was remarkable because we we encouraged them and because they thought they didn't have a lot to offer. They started being intentional and seeking out. Young, couple, people. young couples and it made a They're, huge impact because they could talk about the mistakes yeah. Yeah. So, you know they you talk about authenticity larry that's it they want to hear how we blew it um what we our regrets are what we would do differently not just the perfect 
Right. They really want to hear it all. And I think that's why your books resonate mm -hmm. as well, Nancy, because, um, you know, no one anticipated they see this beautiful face. And then you just say, no, I have no problem with telling you this is who I was, his, who was I aunt was. And who, and and who I is, sometimes still feel like. Yes. Yeah. As yes. we all do. We all do. Yes. We all do. Good well, word. Well, thank you so much for being with us. We love you, know, you guys. We love you guys. We so appreciate your authenticity, mm -hmm. your your deep love for Christ, mm -hmm. and your willingness and desire to share it with the next generation. Thank you, Dan. Thank you, Peggy. Peggy, you yeah. know you guys are doing that in such wonderful ways everywhere you go, and I'm just so proud of you. And we're so oh. honored to have you as friends. Oh, us Thank too. You. Thank you. Love you. Thank you. Bye bye. Bye. Thank you for joining us for Life Off Screen with Dan and Peggy Ruppel. Life Off Screen is produced by Master Media International. Our technical director is Jason Rugg. Please subscribe to the Life Off Screen YouTube channel or subscribe to the Life Off Screen podcast wherever you get your podcasts. We'd love to hear from you. You can leave your comments in the comment section. And to find out more about Master Media, go to mastermedia.com. Thanks again for joining us. Hope to see you next time.